Thoughts on the first weekend of spring games. We had some drama between manager Ali Marmol and umpire CB Buckner. We'll talk about that. Plus, top prospect Jordan Walker shows off his full skill set as he makes a bid to make this team. This is Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Hafford, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou, and a lifetime Cardinals fan, and I'm your host for Locked on Cardinals, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter if you would like, at J.D. Sports Radio. Follow the podcast as well. We've been getting a lot more followers since spring training began on the uh, Twitter account, so if you if you don't follow, please do so, at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. You can subscribe on places like iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, also available on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe and comment. That way you can interact with us. Hit the notification button so you know when new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. So over the weekend, the Cardinals had their first two spring training games. Saturday was a 3-2 to two loss to the Washington Nationals and then on Sunday, an 8-2 to two whooping of the Miami Marlins. So we're going to go back to Saturday's game. And before the game even starts, we we have a little bit of drama to talk about uh, before the first pitch was even thrown. And it's an unfortunate situation, and it's one that I think is very silly. And I don't blame manager Ali Marmel for this at all. Now, Cardinals manager Ali Marmel and umpire C.B. Buckner have some history from last season. Now, I'm going to take you back here if you don't remember. Uh, Marmol got ejected from a game by Buckner uh, against the Diamondbacks last August. Um, and it was for arguing balls and strikes, which we know you cannot do. But there was a particular pitch right before he got ejected that was low and inside to Nolan Arenado. Buckner calls it a strike. And even Arenado reacts to it like, what are you kidding me? And this was something that was going on for the first couple of innings there. where and it, and it was bad calls on both sides. It wasn't just bad calls towards the Cardinals, but it was towards the Diamondbacks as well. Uh, some pretty brutal calls for both teams. And Ollie got heated and started chipping, you know, ch- you know, saying things from the, uh, from the dugout. And he gets ejected pretty quickly. Ollie comes running out, and you can see Buckner, who was like smiling or smirking uh, before he starts retaliating to... Ollie's yelling at him and they get into a pretty old school looking screaming match uh, where each one of them questions each other's time in the league. And it it was kind of a wild scene because you don't see these arguments anymore. Like that's something that you used to see, you know, in the good old days, you would see a manager get in the face of a home plate umpire and really, really bark at each other. You don't really see it so much anymore, but you could read Buckner's lips when they were, when they were yelling at each other saying, you just got here. You just got here implying that because Marmol was a rookie manager that he shouldn't be arguing or something like that. I don't know. But you take that, fast forward to Saturday, where before the game takes place, Ali and Nationals manager Davey Martinez do the normal thing. They go out to home plate uh, for that pregame meeting that they have with the umpires to go over ground rules and whatnot. And according to Marmol, when the skipper greeted Buckner at home plate and reached out for a handshake, Buckner declined to shake his hand. said, no, I'm not shaking your hand. And obviously everybody saw this and, every, and it was witnessed by the reporters and the players and the other umpires and 
everybody in attendance. And after the game, Marmol explained the interaction, saying, I went to go shake CB's hand. He didn't extend his. I went into that game pretty certain about my thoughts on him as an umpire. They weren't very good. It just shows his lack of class as a man. That's the bottom line. I don't think he's good at his job, and it just shows a lack of class as a man. That's my thoughts on it. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. Now, here's my question about this. Like, how can this not be an issue moving forward? So you're going to tell me that C.B. Buckner, who clearly does not like the manager on this team, is going to be indifferent towards the Cardinals during games that he has to umpire this upcoming season. Like, the dude is still holding grudges from an argument in August of last year. And he's not going to be a little tougher on the Cardinals or, uh, you know, a little easier for whoever they're playing against. I don't know. Maybe he won't be. But I, I feel like that's a problem. And according to Katie Wu from The Athletic, Marmel had to meet with Major League Baseball yesterday in regards to those comments after the game. He will not be suspended, but declined to comment on if he was fined or not. And I'll say this. If you're having a conversation with Ollie, they better sure as hell be having a conversation with C.B. Buckner about this situation as well, who, in my opinion, is acting like a child. That is a child's way to handle something. Like, men get over it. That's what you do. As a grown man, you get over something like that. You you hash it out. You apologize. You, you don't even have to apologize. You can just say, hey, in the past, let's move on from it, whatever. But you don't do that. You don't, in front of everybody, say, no, not shaking your hand. That's not how that's not how a man acts. Okay. It's not a very um adult thing to do. It's not a professional thing to do. And according to Ollie, the other umpires did shake his hand and then apologized for Buckner's behavior. Not a great look. Not a great look, considering the league is experimenting with robot umps, not robot managers. If I was you, CB Buckner. I would be better than this. Now, as far as the game goes, other than Paul DeYoung as your DH, it was very much a lineup you could see for the Cardinals during the regular season. Wainwright gets the start and was rocking his new glove would feature the uh, signatures of his five children uh, on the glove, which was pretty cool. Uh, he got that as a Christmas gift from his family and uh, it has vowed to wear it during the, uh, this final season in the league. Uh, he went two winnings, struck out two, walked one, allowed one run on three hits. James Nail and Cody Whitley gave up the other two runs while Jake Woodford, Henesis Cabrera, Packy Naughton, and Zach Thompson all threw shutout innings with Woodford, the only one to go more than one inning of work. Offense didn't muster much uh, outside of the two-run home run by Brennan Donovan in the bottom of the third inning, which was an absolute laser. You like to see that out of Donovan. Uh, Paul DeYoung had a double before that dinger, and I, I know a lot of fans are fed up with Paul DeYoung after his struggles over the last couple of seasons, but I'm still rooting for the guy. He's never whined. He's never complained about things. He gets sent down to the minors last year. This guy was an all-star in the major leagues, has hit 30 home runs at the major league level, gets sent down to Memphis. He didn't complain. He kept working, kept trying, trying to find things to, to fix whatever the problems have been over the last couple of years. And the optimistic side of me says that if you can get any sort of offensive output from him, he could become a valuable depth piece for your infield because after Edmund, you don't really have a shortstop on the roster. Brendan Donovan can play shortstop, obviously, but he's like your Ben Zobrist. You want him at second, but you want to move him around wherever he's needed that day. And uh, if you have the young, that way, you know, you've got a backup shortstop who is very much capable, can offer some pop off the bench. 
I say more power to him. I, I hope he pulls through. Uh, if anything, it'll help keep Edmund and Donovan a little more fresh, knowing that on days that they both need a day off, they could still start a very capable middle infield with DeYoung and Gorman up the middle if you want to. That's one of the great things about this Cardinal roster is the flexibility that Ali will have because you've got multiple guys who can move around to all sorts of positions if needed. Uh, Edmund is your shortstop, but you know we can play second. He can also go to the outfield if you need to. Donovan can play anywhere. Gorman can play second and third. Yepes can do first and third plus the corner outfield spots. You've got three outfielders who can play all three outfield positions. Uh, Walker playing in right field and left field is doing both corners now. If he makes the team, all of these options are nice to have when guys need days off from the field. Nolan Arenado may not like it very often. Uh, he's not in the lineup today uh, for their game against the Mets, but uh, he may not lock it. But a, a few extra days off from the field could keep him more rested for later on in the season so we don't see a dip in production like some of these guys had in September last year. Same goes for Edmund and Donovan and Goldie and your outfielders. For all these guys, the days of starting you know, the same nine Every day in the lineup, that that's not a thing anymore. You know, uh, you can mix and match. And Ali has been a manager that has said and shown that he's not afraid to just play the hot hands and move things around if he needs to. Um, it used to be you'd see, you know, the Sunday lineup where all the backups come in and all the starters get the day off, and you you chalk it up to probably a loss. But that's not the case because the backups on this Cardinals team are pretty darn good. Uh, your normal starters are Contreras, Arenado, Edmund, Donovan, Goldie, O'Neal, Carlson, and Newbar. That means that out of Gorman, Walker, Yepes, DeYoung, Kisner, Burleson, and Gomez, one of them would be your DH, and the others are going to be your backups. And most of those guys could be starters on a lot of teams in the league. And you've still got depth at uh, Memphis, Oscar Mercado, Mercado uh, Yvonne Herrera, Mason Wynn, Mike Antico. All of these guys are available if uh, those other backups go down. And it's almost a shame that some of them have to go to AAA Memphis because there's a lot of talent that's uh, just waiting to get a shot at the major league level. And it's a great problem to have if you're a Cardinal fan. All right, Sunday's game had a lot of positives to take away from it, but uh, top prospect Jordan Walker oh, stole the show, didn't he? We're going to talk about it next coming up on Locked on Cardinals. Now, if you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and the calories, grab yourself a Bilt Bar. You're trying to eat healthier in 2023. That's great. Uh, I know we're creeping up on March, and then it's going to get warm, and then we're going to be going out to the pools and to the lakes, and you want to take your shirt off, feel good about yourself, and a Bilt Bar can help you with that because they're covered in 100% real chocolate, so you don't lose taste. And then they've come in great flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond, but also... They're healthy for you. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, but a whopping 17 grams of protein in each one of those delicious little Built Bars. And now you don't have to wait around to get a box. If you want to, order from Built.com like we always have been. Or you can go to your nearest Walmart. Go over to the pharmacy section. Grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up their four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. Uh, Sam's Club's got them as well. Grab the 13-bar box with hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. But as usual, if you want to order from online, you can still do that. Built.com is where you go. They're always updating their uh, different flavors and products. So make sure you bookmark it and uh, check it out today. Built.com. So Sunday, the offense jumped all over Marlins starter Johnny Cueto, playing five guys in the first inning, highlighted by the Jordan Walker nuke that he sent over the wall in left center field on the first pitch that he saw. 430-foot blast. It went 108.9 miles per hour off his bat. 
just scorched it, dude. Cardinals top shortstop prospect Mason Wen even commented on it after the game saying, yeah, that's a no doubter. A Dean, uh, if it was at Bush Stadium, it would have gone like 470. I mean, he crushed that ball. And what a showcase it was for Walker on Sunday in all aspects of the game, who looked more than capable of playing left field, uh, showed off the pop on the home run, and then in his second at bat against the seemingly nine-foot-tall Yuri Perez of the Marlins, Jeez Louise, this guy is tall. Uh, they list him, I think it said it was at 6'7 or 6'8, something like that. But I was texting with Peter Pratt, who's the host of Locked on Marlins, about him. And I was like, why does Perez look like he's on stilts out there? Like he's so thin, but he's so tall, and he's got a nasty set of pitches there. He's going to be a tough one down the road. But uh, back to Walker and his Avatic injury, Perez. He ends up tapping the ball out in front of home plate, beats out the throw to first base, showing off the speed that gets overlooked because of all of his other physical traits that are you know obvious things for Jordan Walker. But he was clocked at uh, his max speed, 28.5 feet per second sprint speed on that play. The league average last year was 27, and the only Cardinals who were faster on average than the 28.5 that Walker showed there was Tyler O'Neill at 29.8, which is absolutely elite. 30.7 was the fastest last year. And then you've got Tommy Edmond. At 28.8, and we know Tommy can scoot very, very well. So seeing the 6'5", 220-pound walker cooking down the line, <clears throat> that was very impressive. That sprint speed would put him right there at uh, the top 100 fastest guys in all of baseball. Just saying. Just pointing it out there. We know he's got a cannon in the outfield as well. This guy's nasty. He's nasty. Uh, Nolan Gorman bangs out a couple hits. Love to see that. So did Mason Wynn. Moises Gomez. The Cardinals had 16 hits all together on the day. On the mound, Miles Michaelis looked fantastic. Uh, strikes out three and two innings of no-hit ball. Uh, Dakota Hudson comes in. He looked good. No walks. Gave up a couple of hits, but that's going to happen. But the, the stuff you like to see out of him, no walks. And you like to see the ground balls that he was getting. He even induced one double play ball on uh, one of the Marlins' top players, Jazz Chisholm. So um, you like seeing that. The only pitcher who really had an issue on Sunday was Jordan Hicks, who had a rough time, and it it's the same things that Hicks goes through. When he has an off day, it's usually because he loses command, and he starts walking people, which is what he did. He walks three in the inning. And the thing about Jordan Hicks, too, is like his stuff is so unhittable. He has so much movement, and he's throwing the ball so hard that even when guys make contact, they make really crappy contact. They're tapping things in front of the box. He's breaking bats. They're blooping hits in. Those are the ones that are going to be frustrating for Jordan Hicks, but he's got to learn to throw more strikes. He just has to. Get it in the zone more, or these guys are just going to lay off and let you walk them all the time, and that's when Jordan gets himself into trouble, whereas you don't see many innings where Jordan Hicks is just giving up line shots all over the field because guys can't hit his stuff because it's so good. So when he figures it out, and hopefully he does because uh, he's he's definitely a weapon in the bullpen for Ali and company uh, when he's on. Also an impressive showing. Uh, I do want to this. I want to throw this shout out to for Kyle Leahy, ninth inning, former 17th round pick, 6'5", 200, big dude out there, 25 years old, had a strikeouts per nine of 13.2 in the Arizona Fall League this year. He also got shelled, uh, 17 runs, 19 hits, and 14 in the third innings. But he's got the swing and miss stuff, 21 strikeouts in those 14 in the third innings as well. He ends up striking out the side in the ninth inning to wrap things up on Sunday, 8-2 winner for the Redbirds. So wanted to give him a shout-out because I don't know when we'll see him again. Uh, the talk after the game, though, 
all about Jordan Walker, and rightfully so. The power, the speed, the defense, tracking down that ball in left field, going up against the wall to make it, no issues at all. Look great. Look smooth out there. Um, and now you're seeing him in left field. Remember, uh, I was just talking about it the other day, about right field seemed to be the spot they were going to put him. No, nope, they're going to use him in both corners uh, during spring training, which means they'll probably feel the same way about him when uh, regular season rolls around, which gives this team even more possibilities of guys moving around if Walker makes the roster. Uh, Walker in left, O'Neill in center, Carlson or Newt in right with the other outfielder DHing could be a thing. You might see that a lot and just having them rotate. Uh, it's just a lot of options for Ali and that's a great thing. Again, back to the flexibility of this team. They got a lot of guys who can do a lot of different things for uh, for for Ollie when it comes to uh, where they need to play defensively. So I think that's great. Uh, the boys are back on the field today. We're going to talk about the lineup next on Locked on Cardinals. Birds face the Mets today. The game is on ESPN if you want to tune in. And you've got uh, the starting lineup with Donovan at third base today. I mentioned that Arnado gets the day off. Newt's going to be in center. Goldie at first. Gorman batting cleanup at second base. Young will continue to DH dealing with that arm fatigue. Uh, Carlson in right field. Uh, let's see. Moises Gomez is going to be in left field. Yvonne Herrera will be your catcher. Mason Wynn at shortstop. And Arizona Fall League star Connor Thomas will be your starting pitcher today. I'm anxious to see. Uh, Thomas, after all the rave reviews from uh, the Arizona Fall League, where he won the Best Pitcher Award, uh, we've got more bats for Gomez and Wynn, which is nice. Plus, we're going to see Yvonne Herrera, who, uh, in case you weren't aware, is no longer going to be playing in the WBC. Instead, he'll he'll be sticking around with Cardinals camp. And speaking of uh, the World Baseball Classic, Tommy Edmond uh, was at camp this morning fielding ground balls, according to John Denton, but he's leaving tonight uh, for South Korea. <laughs> he's headed out, man, to join his team for the World Baseball Classic. So uh, these guys aren't going to be here much longer. The Cardinals got a lot of people in camp who are going to be uh, a part of the World Baseball Classic. So uh, they're going to be moving on, and you're going to see more of these other guys in the lineup. And, uh, you know, you got DeYoung dealing with the arm fatigue right now, which means we might see a whole lot more of Mason Wynn moving forward, which is fine by me. I I'll take all the Mason Wynn I can get, man. I love watching him play, and I love seeing – all of these young guys uh, get into the lineup and uh, show what they can do here in spring training for the Cardinals. So uh, I've enjoyed the first couple of games. Looking forward to today's matchup against the New York Mets. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen. Now for your second listen, check out Locked on Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. You can find Locked on Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. It's part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And real quick, we are starting a league amongst the Locked on Baseball hosts. I don't know how many people are going to sign up for it, but I know we've got a league going. We're doing our draft at the end of March, and I need a good team name that represents the Cardinals, but it's also fun. You know, I don't want to just be called the Gas House Gang. I, want, I need something better. I need something better. So if you guys have any suggestions, let me know down below in the comments on YouTube. Uh, again, if you haven't, please like and subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. You are the best fans in baseball for a reason, and I'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals. 